Hello and welcome to episode three of Into the Cinematic Comicverse podcast. Uh, today we are discussing Iron Man 2, both in obviously the comic form and the movie. I'm Davis and with me I have Corey and Ryan. Guys, what's going on? It's wow. been like eight years since we've uh, we've recorded something. It has. So for, for those who don't know, uh, Corey and I were actually lost in the snap. So we're grateful for uh, the, <laughs> the heroic efforts of the Avengers. Ryan, Ryan made it, but it, I wasted it, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it sounds like it wasn't a great five years. <laughs> um, Davis did a really good job, though, of coming back with the ultimate podcast voice. I am just <laughs> sitting here impressed. <laughs> He's a he's a veteran, an industry veteran, I would say. Fortunately, um, as as Corey and Ryan know, uh, I I had my sweet wife Taylor grab me a glass of water to 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 hydrate my instrument. Uh, I really before. wanted you to say lubricate. <laughs> you re- oh. Darn. I, I I needed to lube up this this <laughs> instrument of mine. Um, and I think that is a perfect segue into the millions of innuendos in everything that we just read and watched that. Yeah. I mean, why, why, why waste a second? So uh, again, we're, we're talking about Iron Man two, uh, two of the kind of main characters that, that emerge from the comic books and, and make their appearance on the silver screen are Justin Hammer and Whiplash. Uh, Whiplash has lived a few different lives in, in Marvel comics. Um, We first meet him as Mark Scarlatti. Um, where he's basically just a guy with a whip and uh, and 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 some armor. And, he's good uh, at it, though. He's uh, he's a crack shot. Yeah, no, <laughs> no question. And he has this metal codpiece thong thing that Iron Man just needs to grab. So, <laughs> you know, t- may- maybe Corey or Ryan, tell us a little bit about this magical cod piece uh, that, 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 that uh, Whiplash has. I don't know if they really actually like explain what it is. <laughs> and so I'm wondering if it's like an antiquated, like steel worker thing that they, they use. I don't actually real, really read up on, uh, what it was, but it was just kind of jarring to see uh, Iron Man think to himself, if only I could grab that steel thong. Okay, I am 100% positive he was talking about the whip, and he got uh, the you're, you're much more astute than I am. That is, uh, that makes sense. So, so what, where, where we're reading from, uh, Whiplash makes his first appearance in Tales of Suspense, uh, issue number 97, and then he kind of continues all the way through 99. If, if anyone in the audience uh, wants to read, I, I, I'm, I'm just looking at the sight line of Iron Man, and I don't feel like he's looking at, at, at a whip there. He's saying, I need that metal thong. And, <laughs> uh, but, you know... Uh, Reasonable, reasonable minds can disagree on that. So if, if, if he is, it would make a lot more sense if he's just going for the whip because uh, that, that thing gives Iron Man quite a bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. In this uh, iteration of Whiplash, Iron Man just grabs it. Like there, there's right. nothing stopping him from just grabbing it. Like 
the only reason that whiplash is at all a good superhero is just the strength of it. Um, there's nothing special about it. It's not electrified yet, but he's really powerful with a whip. I've never been hit with a whip, <laughs> but I imagine that it would really hurt. And I he has I a suit. That's true. But it's, <laughs> metal, but, but it's a metal whip. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about getting hit with a with with, with a leather one. Now, granted, <laughs> I don't have like the super str- well, I, I guess super smarts and, and and no doubt like super courage of of Tony Stark, but it might just really hurt. Well, I mean, if we pay close attention to the art, you can see a few panels where Iron Man is very, very limber and able to uh, still still twerk in his uh, Iron Man suit. And so, yes. And this actually starts the theme of they take these beautiful elements from the comics and then put them in the movie. I don't know if you noticed his squat at one point in the movie, Mm. but there is a very, it's when he's super drunk at his party and he just does the squat and I'm like, oh, same flexibility. It's real. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that, uh, that, that John Favreau and all the folks on Iron Man 2 uh, went, went out of their way to, to, to let us know mm-hmm. that what, what, what happened in, uh, in Tales of Suspense is not being wasted, uh, but, <laughs> but, but rather being, being baked into the very fiber of who Tony Stark is. I just imagine John Favreau yelling at everybody, being like, no, it's got to look like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that actually reminds me of a, a story about, um, uh, about Vision and like Joss Whedon and uh, the kind of the, the creation of vision in, in age of Ultron. And I hope I haven't already told this story, but it's, it's a great one. So, uh, so Paul Bettany was, what was talking about his um, him kind of being introduced to uh, to everyone and, and like to the viewers of the Marvel cinematic universe. And for some reason, Joss Whedon wanted uh, Vision's birth to be very literal and, and for him to appear as a nude man. And he he insisted that Vision have a penis and, and, and that like that, that he just appear from that uh, chamber thing as as a fully formed kind of, you know, Adam like figure. And he kept saying, like, just show me the the, the, the vision art, uh, the, you know, k- kind of a first look show me what this would look like. And everyone's like, Joss, I really don't know. Like, I, I think that it's going to be okay. Even if vision is kind of a Ken doll down there. And he's like, no, I want this to be like the creation of Adam, just do it. And so they, they got like, you know, I don't know, dozens of different sketches of, of, um, of vision. Should he have a purple penis? Should he have a red penis? You know, things like that. And they, they all sat down in the meeting. Joss took one look around and said, nope, this was a terrible idea. He's just going to be, <laughs> yeah. That is, uh, if you if you didn't, I think you did tell that story before. It got better this time. I yeah. think there was more details. <laughs> I think that we should talk about this every episode. Yes. I, I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm just, from now on, anytime we get anywhere close to to that topic i'm just going to tell the story again 
as as though it had never been told. Can you also just like make up fun additions? Of course, yeah. <laughs> I want to see the evolution of this. Um, it is interesting to me that the last time we recorded an episode, we pr- I'm interested in the references we'll have here, and if it will seem very dated, the previous two <laughs> oh, I know. episodes since. WandaVision was at the height of its popularity and now you know, that's that's long and long it's and gone. Still at, it's still at the height of popularity in my brain. I, it's still um, really good. I immediately was just like, Vision needs a penis so he can make babies. Like, clearly <laughs> this is what they were going for. True, true. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm mature. No, they, they had that in mind the whole time. Yeah, mm-hmm. jo- jo- Joss Whedon wasn't just looking towards, you know, age of ultron he he was forecasting out and saying vision needs babies and babies <laughs> required grown-up parts uh all, all right so uh, un, unless we feel like there, there's anything else to squeeze out of tales of suspense may, maybe we can kind of talk about some of the other things that are um that, that are brought out in the comics uh there, there's iron man uh issues 120 through 128 and th- these kind of deal a little bit more with what's going on with Tony in Iron Man 2. And honestly, like, b- before rewatching, one of the few things that I remembered about Iron Man 2 was, like, the party scene where he's, uh, you know, th- throwing the party and uh, just wasted and and pees in his suit or whatever. And, and, and just kind of like this, this balance that they seem to be trying to strike between it's kind of funny that that Tony's acting up, but it's also like really, really sad and and lonely and depressing. So, uh, I I frankly didn't uh, didn't get to read this one quite as much. So, it, if there's anything that either of you thought was kind of worth worth mentioning uh, in, in this run, it's like most like first appearances where you look up like, oh, it's the first appearance of this character. And then you read the whole thing and it's just a, a plot about Iron Man with Namor the Submariner. And you're like, where is <laughs> Justin Hammer in this? And then at the very end of it, it's like a shadowy figure comes out of the thing and is like, oh, we're gonna, I've got a plot to get Iron Man. Well, I guess he does take over Iron Man's suit in the, uh, in the battle with Namor which is kind of like the movie where Whiplash is able to take over the suit. But Mm -hmm. I think Justin Hammer like gets a bunch of hired hands to, to help take over the suit. And then he's like sprinkled throughout these issues of 120 to 128, where he's kind of in the background doing his, his own thing, but a very much, a much more older stoic uh, version of Justin Hammer. So not not quite like the movie version, but maybe he gets like that a little further into the, the comics. I think it's very important to point out that in 120, Iron Man takes his working clothes from the baggie they're in, which is a briefcase, but he calls it a baggie. And he says <laughs> it lacks style. And once again, I think I think John Favreau was like, this does lack style. Let's make a briefcase stylish. <laughs> So, you know, I, I really feel like they were paying attention. Do they we agree? Wrong. Do we agree that's one of the coolest parts of the movie? Or do you guys think that's lame? Where he like sticks his foot in the briefcase I and it comes out? I think it's super cool. Yeah. 
so I, I, I was going to save this for the movie discussion, but let, let, let's get into it now because I think that that is the most iconic Iron Man suit up. So like Iron Man one, we have, it, it, it just takes a little too long, right? Like it, it, it feels like there's a whole pit crew around him just so that he can suit up and, and, and disrobe or whatever. And then further in when we have like the nanotechnology or whatever, it, it, there, there, there's not enough happening for it to be a moment, but I feel like this is like the perfect um, intersection of being long enough to kind of have its own music. But, but not being clunky. I, I feel like either this or in Avengers when he's thrown off the building and, and, and the little jetpack thing uh, follows him down Stark Tower so that he can like suit up in air. Those are probably my two favorite like suit up moments for Iron Man. Are, are, are there any others worth, worth, worth throwing in the pile? Mm. I mean, I do like every movie seems to try to copy this uh-huh. and have kind of like a unique uh, Iron Man suit up type of thing with the Iron Man three. He's got like the, the holding up the arm mm, and all yeah, the parts yeah. like come flying to him. And I, I feel like similar with Avengers. Do they have that one in Avengers as well where he holds up the arm or is that uh, so the, the- where he stalls Loki and is like waiting for the suit to come like fly to him or something like that. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so he, he has like the little bands. Yeah. Uh, that's what it and, is. And, 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 and he can line it up and he, he was waiting for the little backpack to get to him, but Loki gets, get, gets annoyed and just throws him off the building. But then the backpack, you know, pew, kind of finally makes it to him. And, and he, of course, uh, it, it is able to, to booster off and, and jetpack away. Uh, in the nick of time. Sorry, sorry, sorry to kind of throw this in your lap. I, I I realize that it's hard to just in the moment be like, hmm. Let, let, let me catalog every single time that Iron Man has an iconic suit up, and uh, compare it against <laughs> the others. I mean, if you go to Infinity War, which happens after Black Panther, it's kind of cool that like you can tell Tony, like they find out about Wakanda, and so Tony finds out about new technology that they had and then the next movie he has like a nanotech kind of like suit coming up and but still it's not as like none of these are as epic i feel as him sticking his foot in a briefcase and it kind of all clinking together yes i'm sorry Corey. go ahead Oh, I was just going to say that I think what's really fun is it takes in all of these comics, there is a briefcase. There's just always a briefcase. (laughs) And so I just think it's so fun to take that concept and put it into this very cool sequence. Um, The evolution of a briefcase, you know, it's just I couldn't stop thinking about it. And and to to tie those last two thoughts together, eventually the briefcase just kind of becomes part of Tony's chest. He, he's just got all those nanobots in, in, in his little, uh, in, in his little thing. And he just, you know, pull, pulls out, pulls out the briefcase whenever he needs it. And when it doesn't, it just collapses right back into his chest. That's the dream. I think really. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. It's uh it's the true working man's briefcase. 
<laughs> is it your heart? <laughs> I, I feel like there's something sentimental coming. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that, that clearly a nod to, um, to, to the classic American play, um, death of a salesman, uh, you know, just so- something really poetic about that. So what, one of the things in the comic, uh, you know, so R- Ryan kind of mentioned Justin Hammer's just kind of like this, this guy off to the side a little bit. And, and he's, he, he probably plays a, a slightly more active role in the movie, but one of the things that I noticed is it feels like just in, in every instance, he's like his superpower is paying people off to get to the like supervillain or criminal that has just been, uh, that, that, that has just been apprehended, giving them souped up tech and then paying them to go do some other thing. So like he, he just, he always has like this, this little pin of of mercenaries who who are at his beck and call and he's usually using that to try and thwart tony stark or his other enemies um which obviously we see um we we see in the the movie you know it feels like every time that whiplash uh is is caught or whatever uh all of a sudden he ends up in some airplane hangar and hammers offering him uh italian gelato from san francisco (laughs) which uh, another weird thing is uh i don't know just it that whole jailbreak sequence to me is kind of like i don't know justin hammer's just like hey here's a decoy that you could kill with explosives (laughs) (laughs) this is how badly i want to but he, I don't know. He doesn't seem like the the killer type, but I guess he'll do what he wants to. I, I feel like the, the entitled, like, and you can kind of see this in the comics too, of just this personality that comes through is just sheer, like, I can do what I want and I'm justified and okay, but I don't have to do any of the bad things. Like other people do bad things mm. and I win. And then like, a, I don't know, like, at the end of the movie where he's like, like, I'm not the bad guy. You're the bad guy. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like things and people are very uh, disposable or dispensable to him. So, so yeah. like, you know, uh, to, to Ryan's point, they just, they throw in a, a body double who, who probably just got all, all new teeth so that he can be recognized as, as whiplash at, after whiplash kills him or whatever. Uh, he's just like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just throw that guy in there. Like he's a criminal anyway, or whatever. Uh, so, you know, it, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I am I'm, I'm willing to let someone else step on his neck so that I can get closer to, to my goals. A decade in the Pentagon. <laughs> what a goal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that I can achieve my true, uh, dastardly purpose, public service. <laughs> Uh, yeah um all right so we 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 had a few other um kind of uh, things come through in the comics uh iron man issues 225 to 232 we see armor wars which is where justin hammer's kind of stealing Mm -hmm. uh stealing ideas from from other people stealing tech uh tales of suspense number 46 we have the first appearance of the crimson dynamo who who is ivan bonko um uh or a- anton vanko uh my apologies to 
to Mr. Vanko. It might be Vanko for all I know. <laughs> um, and then, and, and then kind of like the, the issues that, that really led, led people to be clued in on what Iron Man two was going to be all about was Iron Man versus whiplash uh, issues one through four that came out in 2010. So probably right before the, the, the theatrical debut of Iron Man two, we're getting a lot of, uh, information about this kind of newer age whiplash that the one who looks like the impeccable Mickey Rourke, uh, he has the, the glowing whoosh, whoosh whips. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's anything else that, that we want to kind of touch on before we get to the movie there. Um, before we get into all those ones you mentioned, I did want to mention Iron Man 128 mm, is a yes. famous Iron Man story. It's called uh, Demon in a Bottle, where Iron Man struggles with alcoholism and is uh, kind of, he like, you could tell alcohol causes a lot of problems in this life. And then the very last page, he's like, uh, people are right. This is a problem for me. I'm done. <laughs> Which yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I don't know if they really, drew too much from that in the movie but it is a famous uh, storyline and they kind of did but it was kind of more tied to iron man dying in iron man 2 more than him just having a problem it, it it's it, it's the classic tale of someone recognizing that they uh deal with addiction and just stopping cold turkey on on sheer power of will. <laughs> uh, so re re really brave of of Marvel to to address that head on and just let people know that, you know, just stop. <laughs> um, one other thing, back to Iron Man. I can't. It's like throughout the one twenty to one twenty eight is Beth. Mm, yes, for her last name. Um, but I. I was like, this feels exactly like uh, Natalie, but not like, mm, this, yeah. like, did they take a lot of this character in the first or like in her first iteration, even though that's not at all her character. And I did the little bit that I could find on Google was that she was rumored to be an Iron Man too. And then instead oh. was Natalie. So uh, I'm, I'm curious, this, this Beth character, she's also a redhead. <laughs> uh and i don't know it was really interesting to see like they kind of added her yeah but didn't um yeah random yeah she was the one who was like you're mm -hmm. this is a problem for you and he was like that's right <laughs> that's always right <laughs> oh i also throughout this movie was like wow what a bold choice to have someone who previously could not be in movies because he was such a bad addict to play this crazy addict. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't feel like it was quite as clear in the first movie. And then this movie was like, oh, wow. <laughs> That's what we decided on. But he did it well. He, he really knew the character. So I'm, I'm on, uh, I, I'm just, you know, using Google uh, mm -hmm. to, to, to look up Iron Man 2. And this is not a Bing podcast, by the way. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think that. Oh yeah, no, 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 no free ads. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm using a well-known search engine, uh, wh whether that be Google, Bing, or even Ask Jeeves, um, to, to, to look this up. And there, there, there's the little blurb: 
and it talks about you know who the director villain is but then it says adapted from demon in a bottle uh mm-hmm. iron man 128 so good good call and there you go. at least yeah at least according to this well-known search engine uh <laughs> that 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 is kind of the the kernel of this movie so uh, no go, go ahead um i wanted to ask Corey since she was the only one who read Iron Man versus Whiplash, uh, her thoughts on that. She said it was really good before this. So I, oh, I yeah, want her I, thoughts. I really liked that series. Um, well, I think the most interesting part is just that it starts very similar with um, I, Ivan uh, and his father, although his father is Anton. actually like Anton, Anton, Anton and his father. Um, and they're kind of like working on something um, together. Although his father is like sitting in a chair and doing things. So he's not the bedridden character in the movie. Um, but the immediate scene is Iron Man coming and killing their village and his father. And Anton wow. tries to stop him. It's not nice. It's not nice. And and then... Um, the preceding like portions are Iron Man then being on trial for killing a village. He did. Tony's like, I didn't do it. I was sitting at home watching TV, um, and he did not do it. It was someone who you know stole his tech. So it's it's really similar in that portion of taking it, but the the stealing of the tech starts in the very beginning, and Tony himself is on trial for actions of Iron Man, of these this horrible crime. And so it, it makes Anton a much more sympathetic character because he actively in the beginning just had his whole village and his father murdered. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really interesting where that difference comes in of like these past crimes that he is trying to avenge and put on Tony versus that active immediate it just starts out <laughs> real dark and also the difference in what tony because in the comics like he is on trial for murder <laughs> um but it's very very different storyline when he goes in front of congress in the movie it 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 does however kind of um i don't know like i i there there's this interesting connection uh between the movie when 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 he's before congress he says at least once like i am iron man iron man is me we're inseparable and and so i think like making that that neural link uh makes it a lot more reasonable what whatever iron man does like we we don't care if you're in the suit or not in in the comic book it it makes it a lot more uh plausible for him to be held accountable for whatever what, what whatever happens um, and you're telling me this was better than Iron Man written in the 60s and 70s? <laughs> They're a lot less thong grabbing. <laughs> um, Give me that yeah. thong. <laughs> um, sadly, there was also not a fan club of girlfriends just following him around. That was one of the best parts of the comics is there's yeah. just a, a, a mass group of people who say there's girlfriends following him around. <laughs> I mean, they like, in Iron Man 2, it seems like Tony Stark is into that idea. Yeah, he just has a harem. Yeah. <laughs> they all accept it. it was, I was like, where did the 60s come from? And how is this what we're talking about? Also, 
a uh, similar amount of pro- no actually i think there was less propaganda in in the 2010s versus the 60s hmm. it's always interesting to see those differences <laughs> <laughs> the 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 comics have never been particularly subtle uh and and, and 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 i think that like sometimes that's that's applauded um you know like when when we look back at at the 60s or whatever like the creation of black panther uh it's like oh wow where where could this interesting you know black prince of 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 a superhero possibly have have been born from uh like mentally i i, I know he's yeah. from wakanda <laughs> um but yeah it, it it's some sometimes it's harder in the moment to uh to accept how on the nose things are like when you're reading a comic book and there's a president with orange hair who's very loud mouthed and uh <laughs> and, and 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 impulsive yeah and stan lee was famously pro vietnam war and mm-hmm. so you see a lot of stuff like that where like spider-man goes to college and all his friends are saying like the vietnam war is bad and he's like well i don't know if i agree with this <laughs> <laughs> it's like peter you can't possibly uh possibly be okay with the atrocities that are happening and just in the middle of this five cent comic that kids are trying to read he's like i don't know guys this the things that the Viet Cong are doing in vietnam just can't be (laughs) we, we 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 can't just let them run over the people like this i do always love the description of stan lee like writing (laughs) for he's like an old man trying to write dialogue for like teenagers (laughs) (laughs) oh man rest in peace king we 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 love stanley um yeah all right unless he's not i don't know i never met him uh but from what i know i like him okay Let's get into the movie. Iron Man 2. This is directed by John Favreau, came out May 7th, 2010. With the world now aware that he is Iron Man, billionaire inventor Tony Stark, played by Robert Downey Jr., faces pressure from all sides to share his technology with the military. He's reluctant to divulge the secrets of his armored suit, fearing the information will fall into the wrong hands. With Pepper Potts, played by Gwyneth Paltrow, and Rhodey Rhodes, now played by Don Cheadle, by his side, Tony must forge new alliances and confront a powerful new enemy. Um, you know, we, we've we've talked a little bit about it, but let's let's start by kind of ranking this uh, within the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I feel like it, it's it's hard to talk about any Marvel movie without without referencing or comparing it against other Marvel movies. So, I personally have this definitely on like the lower quadrant of of marvel movies uh not the worst but possibly and probably bottom five for me i think that's a fair assessment i i like this movie a lot but i like it in a way that's uh I don't know. I maybe glance over a few things and, and rewatching it this time around. I was like, yeah, this does seem like where Iron Man seemed like a step forward 
for superhero movies, this kind of seemed like, oh, we're kind of going back to uh, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man style or like original X-Men movie style of movies where it's like definitely seems more mid 2000s than late 2000s. Um, And so I did see a few things with that. That being said, like, I think Sam Rockwell is really like, I really like the, his portrayal of Justin Hammer. And I think, I I think for a lot of people, it was originally jarring to see a new roadie. Um, But I think now that we've gotten used to Don Cheadle as roadie, he's uh, I feel like he did a good job of transitioning old roadie to new roadie. Like this seemed in the middle of what he is now and what roadie was in Iron Man. Um, but as far as ranking goes, I mean, I would say it's probably in the bottom for me. I, I think the first two Thor movies are below it for me. Um, but maybe that's it. Cause there's a lot of good stuff after that, that it, even though I like this movie and I like the first two Thor movies, like it's definitely a different tier. I was just about to say it is barely it's it's just above Thor for me. I hate the first, but <laughs> different way because I dislike them strongly. <laughs> Except for th- the third Thor, which is one of the best movies. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I but actually, upon rewatching, I I think a lot of my negative thoughts about it like I always thought it was a horrible movie I was like no there, there's some redeeming stuff in this it's not as bad as I thought it was uh, I was much kinder on this rewatch but still not great I, if I, I start liking the Thor movies I think that's where the <laughs> <are. laughs> you're, yeah you're, you're like man you know K- Kenneth Branagh re- really had some things cooking uh, with, with the Thor <laughs> theory series. I, I, I think if he had had a, just a few more movies to uh, to, to let it <laughs> j- j- just to let things simmer, we we could have really uh, really gotten somewhere. Uh, so I, I I'm I, I'm glad we're we're all kind of you know of of a similar mind, and it, it's got a seven IMDb, seventy two percent Rotten Tomato score. So I, like that. It's, it's not a bad movie. I, I think it's just Marvel has made better and more entertaining films uh, yeah. before and, and certainly after the, the, the release of this. One thing, like, you know, there, there are a lot of, um, there, there, there are a lot of interesting names uh, that, that are around the, the Iron Man movie. Uh, obviously, John Favreau directs Justin Thoreau wrote the screenplay for this. Like the guy who dated Jennifer Aniston, like the guy who was the like cool guy on Parks and Rec. Charlie's like, the Angels guy... 2. Charlie's, Angel... Charlie's Angels 2. Yeah, Charlie's Angels 2. <laughs> like the guy with jet black hair that may or may not be dyed. I don't know. Like it's so dark that it makes me think that it might not be dyed, but how could you get black hair that black without it being dyed? I don't know that Justin Thoreau. Um, well, someone who could also be known as a uh, hunky Edward Norton. Oh. Yes. That, <laughs> oh. It's a whole new spin on him. Yeah. yeah. But not to say, I mean, Edward Norton is a handsome man, but <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's start ranking all the men. That- <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a natural evolution of Edward Norton to, I don't know, Chris Hemsworth somewhere. <laughs> he fits somewhere in there. Like, 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 like that chart of the evolution of man. We, yeah. we, we start with like Eddie Redmayne and then work our way up to Chris Hemsworth or the rock or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much more to say about that. I just wanted it known that Justin Thoreau wrote the screenplay <laughs> on this, which I, I don't know, like may, maybe Justin Thoreau is a great screenplay writer. Maybe John Favreau was just doing a solid for, for one of his buddies in the industry. Um, but, but, but I do definitely think that this, uh, how to say this, like, Marvel has their own formula for, for movies that they've kind of like adapted and, and probably even like topped out on, but this wasn't that this, I think borrowed from the formula for some less successful uh, or, or, or at least more, more dated uh, comic book movies. Because I, I think like certainly right now, um, uh like sam raimi's um sam raimi's toby Maguire spider-man trilogy has has gotten a lot more love and like it, it it's flawed but a lot of people especially point to spider-man 2 as being like a really really high level uh spider-man superhero film but they 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 did have this this formula that uh makes it a little bit more of its time yeah um that being said i'm here for it and like i do like sometimes i do get a little nostalgic for that style of movie Mm -hmm. and i am probably one of the few people who when they're like oh by the way here's a half hour scene where we're gonna set up the future of this franchise i'm (laughs) like give me more of that i want to see i want to see his interactions with uh with nick fury and like see kind of his like I don't know him throwing the uh, like finding the Captain America shield and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like I, I don't know. I, it's a similar thing of where I kind of enjoy the prequels of star Wars because it's just like, here's a list of things that you can, uh, you can memorize to know facts about the franchise. (laughs) And it's not really well acted and it's not like, like stand out that much but like it's more information that we can jam in your schools and i like i'm like give me more of that i want to know everything i think what's really interesting about this movie is because it did a lot of that there are so many points where you really see how they're evolving the comic storylines to this like shield where in the comics shield knows next to nothing they still think that tony uh tony stark's bodyguard is iron man like they're not this all-knowing group that's kind of in charge of things they're just sort of there um and kind of helping and then here we have this totally new evolution where they know everything and they're kind of pulling the strings secretly and we have tony who starts in the comics with like battery issues which as an energy nerd by force um that that was like the the issue of the time and now it's like we need a new element yeah. like, <laughs> it's just really really interesting
interesting where they took all of this. And this is kind of the movie where they're like, this is exactly how we're evolving. Let me share it with you in this movie. There's just all these plot points that are just like, let me explain how this is different and how this is now the new version and upgrade. Yeah, I, I, I like you, you can, you can kind of see some of the, um, the, the seedlings of like world building and everything because mm-hmm. th- th- this is the first um th- th- this is the first sequel in in the marvel cinematic universe right so yeah. uh, you know it, like <clears throat> they 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 say when you're when you're making like your first your first album or whatever like don't don't hold anything back when you're making your first movie like just get get it all out there uh because you there, there, there's no guarantee that it's going to be a smash hit. Uh, th- this definitely felt like, okay, we, we kind of told a great origin story. What next? Um, and, and, and I think that setting up someone like, uh, like Hammer and, and having Hammer Industries be a kind of rival to, to Tony Stark, not, not only as Iron Man, but also as kind of like a, an, an entrepreneur um, recognizing that by, by getting out of the, the, the weapons industry, another power will rise to take that. And, you know, do we, do we trust, uh, I don't know, less capable people or, or, or less scrupulous people, uh, to, to be handed that kind of like economic and, and political power. Uh, so the, 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 the whole scene with, um, the congressional hearing and everything. And, you know, Tony's just bada bing, bada boom, you know, zinger after zinger. I don't know if this was the intention, but I, I was like really, uh, I don't know, surprised by, by the footage of the hammer industries, Iron Man guy who just had his spine broken, uh, because it's like, all right, you know, (laughs) turn left, turn right, turn left that that was kind of one of the moments where i i considered like man i i i i certainly in the first movie didn't consider oh you know tony's getting out of the weapons industry someone else is just going to get those government contracts now uh but i i it, it was interesting to grapple with some of those real world questions and applications and and so i thought that for that reason hammer was a great villain for this uh second movie yeah yeah especially because it so clearly like shows the trajectory of this is going to be a series where we are going to care about like not just villains but we're going to care about the social and the economic and all of these like real world problems that this throws in the government and how how like tied to the storyline government is going to be like I, I feel like they're really as much as I dislike this movie, they're doing a really good job <laughs> of setting the stage for these are the things we're going to care about in this new version. Mm-hmm. And this is what you need to focus on. Yeah. I, I like I, I, there, there, there are some parts that feel a little clunkier about like bringing this superhero into the real world. So for example, now granted Elon Musk looked almost completely natural <laughs> in, 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 in his scene. Like I had was... to, I, I had to like pause my mind for a moment. And I was like, is that really Elon Musk in this yeah. movie? 
<laughs> and, and, and it's it, it's crazy like you know you you watch the social network now and that that was like an interesting movie but now knowing everything that we know about mark zuckerberg it, it feels almost like a supervillain origin story <laughs> um, th- like seeing elon musk in this i didn't know who elon musk was in 2010 like that yeah. that, 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 w- that was just some little you know toss in for people who were really interested in tech and you know inventions and blah 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 but now seeing him in it and like comparing that against his most recent stint on snl or whatever Mm -hmm. uh he's so natural in this and he's so not what he is now uh so i i don't know i i i thought i thought it was fun but also a little jarring especially now what 12 year or 11 years after after the movies come out uh to kind of see elon musk's meteoric rise something that was just kind of a little toss in for for tech nerds uh it is now like whoa it, why is elon musk in this movie uh so it, it, interesting to kind of see that blending of reality and uh i don't know unreality what, what what's the opposite of reality unreality probably <laughs> fiction <laughs> <laughs> Um, and for anyone wondering, Grimes was 22 when this movie came out. It makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, who's that hot piece of ass that uh, just walked by? <laughs> uh, um, I think another, I don't know. I'm just like looking through random thoughts that I had. And I think another thing they did really well was ex- like figuring out how are we going to deal with a lack of secret identities Mm. Um, because like going through the comics, it's just like, I don't know. It it feels more drilled down or like, I don't know, like very focused throughout the comics of like the secret identity piece and, um, and how they transitioned from that, especially for Tony Stark, but also just kind of how there's a lot more knowledge and, and less secrecy throughout all of these comics. So um, yeah, that was another thing that I totally forgot. And like seeing those compared of how they kept talking about Tony Stark's bodyguard versus how Tony Stark is Iron Man. Yeah. Interesting to see play out. Yeah. It is a cool, cool modern take. And I, I think this was kind of just like, we're gonna like, because of the decision in Iron Man, mm-hmm. like that changed a lot of the comics stuff for everything because they just, I think they purposefully, maybe they wasn't purposefully, but initially they chose people besides Iron Man who didn't really need a a secret identity. I mean, Thor did in the comics for a bit, but like he (laughs) eventually evolved into more of a, I'm just Thor Mm -hmm. and Captain America was just always like, Oh, we all know who this is. And same with Hulk. I mean, it's a little harder to hide that. I think maybe he did have some uh, secrecy in the beginning, but like a lot of people are probably seeing this man turn into a green monster. And so like, it's interesting that it's not really until, I don't really know. It seems like a lot of the people, yeah, maybe Spider-Man where they actually implemented that, but I'm, I think like 
as far as secret identity stuff goes, like it doesn't really seem like they added a lot of people with secret identities in general in this universe. I guess Hawkeye sort of, cause he has a family to keep secret or not get hurt, but yeah. <laughs> Hawkeye having a secret family, uh, it, it is, is not as insidious as it sounds, but <laughs> it's funny all the same. We actually all love it. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we love his secret family. <laughs> I, uh, I, I do also love the idea of Thor trying to like have some incognito mode. It's like, Thor, uh, I know that you probably don't want to do this, but like, whatever profession you take is going to have to involve hard labor uh, because you, you, you can't have that body and just be like a librarian. <laughs> um, on a completely different note, I just want to say, I, I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to mention this. So I'm just going to awkwardly insert this. Do you remember in the beginning where whiplash is feeding his or giving his bird alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want it's just so strange to me. I, I, so what? Uh, so, sorry, go go ahead, Corey. I was just gonna say the movie is sponsored by alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Iron Man two sponsored by beer. Um, well, it's also sponsored by Expos being a year long, which I thought was a, another weird <laughs> oh detail. Oh my god, <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> Like so, so long, in fact, that they had like different expos within the expo and, and, and enough time to totally change like the presenting sponsor, uh, like Tony kind of did the first leg of the expo. And then by the end of it, hammer, uh, was what was now the one like debuting cool stuff. Yeah. he He had time to make the cool stuff. That's true. I, I can't even imagine like how awful it would be to be in the hospitality industry for, for, for whatever city that was in just the hotels constantly being overrun uh, the convention center, not only being totally trashed by, by, by like destroyed by the end of the movie, but just the number of people who were there every day. Did anyone Google what is 250 miles from DC? I thought about it for a minute to be okay. like, where is this? Yeah. I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't figure it out. Like, are, are they in Nashville? <laughs> Somewhere with a big park. I feel like all of those things should be iconic. I just don't know the East coast very well. Cause they had that big globe. Mm, so it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's funny because the whole time I just thought it was like Vegas or something. I don't know. I, I, I just, I said, yeah, that's Vegas. But but then it, it was saying something about 250 miles outside of DC. And I was like, all right, I'm I'm no cartographer, but I think <laughs> I think Vegas and DC are more than 250 miles apart. <laughs> um uh, okay, we've 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 held it back long enough. Can we please talk about Mickey Rourke as whiplash? I mean, gosh. So he apparently hated his experience and will never work with Marvel again. But just the fact that Mickey Rourke was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> makes me so happy. And I felt like he did a pretty good job to boot. Like, 
the 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 Russian accent left something to be desired, but you know whose doesn't? Uh, yeah. First accent in a Marvel movie? Not even close. If not he even did, close. If he decided to stay, I'm sure it would be similar to uh, to Scarlet Witch. Yeah, <laughs> where eventually it would get more American as a uh, as time goes on. It's like, oh no, it's Whiplash. Hey, I'm gonna. I'm going to chop you up into bits. <laughs> Watch out for my steel thong. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the barbs on his steel thong hurt. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I, I Ryan, kind of like you with him feeding the bird alcohol. I don't have a ton to say about the fact that Mickey Rourke was in the MCU. I just want to shout it from the rooftops. Yeah. Like that actually is the tagline for this whole episode. I don't have a lot to say about each of these things, but I have a lot of things I need to say. <laughs> I I I thought like I don't know. So his his motivation as a character, I thought was like pretty good. Um, I I, I don't know. I don't know if it carried all the way through. I actually liked the story from the comic book a lot more. Like I, I thought that, mm. that was more compelling, but his, his whole idea of being kind of like a metaphorical kamikaze uh, was, was cool where like every time he'd fight Iron Man and Iron Man, you know, would, would defeat him after, after a lot of effort. And he'd, and I, uh, you know, Tony would say, you lost. And he'd say, no, I didn't. <laughs> if, you, if you can make God bleed then people will cease to believe in him and I I, I really liked that idea like the, the idea that you know we, we get this Iron Man in the first movie who's like practically infallible at least in terms of power uh, and, then, and then we just have some guy who takes you know a car battery and a few copper wires and and all of a sudden iron man is uh almost dead at monaco i do i do love his confidence as well in the fact that even when he did lose he still says to tony you lose yeah and then blows <laughs> himself up <laughs> I, I, I wonder if the, the him blowing himself up part was just something where like a, after having a really uh, tumultuous time in, uh, in, in, the, in the movie, they're like, so Mickey, you think you'd ever be back for another movie? And he's like, nah, th- this is it. They're like, all right, blow him up. That's he, it. Just, he looks him dead in the eyes and be, says, you lose. <laughs> you, you lose. <laughs> and then try, tries to blow himself up. Like, <laughs> In his trailer. <laughs> All right, Corey. I want to. I want to hear your list of things that you have to say. I feel like I've said them. Like I keep being like, and we need to talk about identities. We need to talk about energy. Also, we need to talk about why does why does Iron Man not solve our energy problems? Like. Throughout this movie, I was like, so you have a new element. You have clean energy. This was going to start an energy race. Why do you not fix it? They Don't they address that a little in Iron Man 3? Okay, I don't remember Iron Man 3, so that's my problem. <laughs> I, I also don't remember Iron Man 3, but I think in Avengers, uh, he he's like going down to 
like deep sea oil wells or whatever, or, or, or like pipelines. And, and he puts this little thing on that I think like makes it cleaner energy. It might, it, it might just monitor it for like oil mm. leaks or whatever, but you know, we, we, we see some, what, what, what might be rightly uh, described as performative actions uh, on, on Iron Man's part to, to try and make the world a better place uh, with, with some of his great tech. But yeah, creating a whole new element and then just putting it in your chest and saying, well, glad that problem was solved. Uh, you know, not, not, not the most noble path, a good path, but, but not the most noble. And to be clear, when I say they address it in Iron Man 3, I think they address that the whole company runs off of his energy. <laughs> I don't think they mentioned that he solved the energy crisis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me really happy. <laughs> in a bad way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's a classic billionaire move. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's like, uh, Stark Energies produces so much power that we not only are able to run the entire company, but the utility company pays me $25,000 a year to, to buy off my surplus energy. It's like, okay. <laughs> and we're still burning coal for the rest of us. What, what What's going on, Tony? Um, Scarlett Johansson. I, mm, I had a personal yeah. dislike of Scarlett Johansson for years. And I feel like Marvel has fixed it. But during that movie, I still remember hating her and rewatching it. I'm like, you are a terrible person. Scarlett Johansson is amazing. She is so good in this movie. <laughs> she is perfect. Yeah. And it's all based on the Black Widow movie and how incredible she was. <laughs> and also, I read an article yesterday that supposedly she's working on something new for Marvel. Yeah. All right. I mean, they, 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 yeah, they kissed and made up, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> They're like, we'll give you so many millions of dollars. Don't leave. Um, oh, I, I just completely spaced on what I was going to say about Scar. Oh, yes, I do remember. I'm going to admit to you guys something that I did uh, have a crush on St Scarlett Johansson when I was a child. And mm -hmm. I first saw the movie Home Alone Three. <laughs> now, for, for 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 those who may have forgotten, uh, Home Alone One and Two are about are, are about Kevin McAllister trying to outsmart crooks who want to rob his home. Uh, home Alone Three, though, involves a new protagonist who has a uh, RC car that has some sort of North Korean. Uh, like terrorist technology that was secretly placed in there uh, so, so that it could be mailed to the United States. And there's a terrorist cell trying to break into his home to get the RC car, correct? That is 100% correct. Okay, okay. Yeah, that well, Home Alone 3, yeah. J just wanted to make sure that I remembered uh, the, the, the basic plot beats of the movie that made you uh, fall head over heels in love with, with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, and that was... Uh that plot is followed by numerous people getting hit in the crotch and things like that. Yeah. To a large chest full of books falling onto a man and he does not die. <laughs> <laughs> Just striking him stri like, yeah, the, the, the chest of books striking him at like, 
the top column of his vertebrae and, yeah. <laughs> and him just walking away from it with no issue whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, I So I, I thought that Scarlett Johansson did a great job. I, her, her playing, um, you know, kind, kind of this, this two tiny, uh, protagonist you know it hurt her embedding herself and ingratiating herself within stark industries and and then to um to reveal herself as black widow i thought was really really well done i also want to talk about sam rockwell and ryan i know you mentioned it um i thought he did a great job he he was such a great like schlocky movie villain um he he i i don't know he he acted like a putz really well, but then when he needed to be a little more threatening, he did, he did a great job too. And, and it's just so great to see someone willing to do so many like morally bankrupt things just to look cool. Um, like what, what, one of my favorite lines in the movie is when he, when, when, when he finally just loses his patience with Vanko with, with whiplash and says, you know what? I'm putting you back in jail, but now I'm your jailer. And he says, I'm going to that expo and I'm going to be a hero. Maybe I'll get laid. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's so great uh, to see how, how like, I don't know, base level and like, I don't know, carnal his, his wants and needs are. He's like, I want, I want everyone to think I'm awesome. And I want to get laid. And that's why I'm doing all these terrible things. I don't care about the guy who broke his back. I don't care about your family or, you know, the villages that I'm going to burn. I just want to be the cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like Sam Rockwell just in general. Um, yeah. And so actor. I, I, I hope they bring it back eventually. And they, they kind of did in that one, uh, that one one shot that they did. I, I, I was just going to bring that up. So, yeah. yeah. What is I, it called? I, Hail, All Hail the King. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard anything of that until I was doing some research for this. But yeah, they, they, they did a Marvel one shot, like 14 minute uh, little kind of, I don't know, biopic documentary thing about uh, uh, about Ben Kingsley's The Mandarin. Uh, and and they they kind of interview some of the uh, so, some of the criminals that have been put away by by Iron Man and uh, yeah he he reprised his role so it's on hope- Disney Plus I I recommend watching it because it's a good uh, transition between Iron Man three and Shang Chi I'm mm. so excited <laughs> I'm just gonna turn off this computer and go watch it. <laughs> I my favorite part of Sam Brockwell's character was just how much of a tryhard he was. <laughs> yeah. Like he gets this man out of jail and is wearing this insane suit, the placement of the table, like there are flowers. There is an insane <laughs> like flower centerpiece on this table. <laughs> like the amount, not just the food, but every single detail of everything he does is just so much for show 
And I, I, I don't know. I, I love so much that they're like, yeah, let's make a billionaire who just really cares about how he looks and how people perceive him. It's just really fun. That is awesome. He, he's he's such a man child too like he 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 has all of these elegant trappings or whatever but uh you know they they, they bring whiplash in and he's still in his prison jumpsuit and <laughs> and, and he, sit, he sits down to uh to a meal with with uh with hammer and you know he he has like a whole wait staff a butler and everything like uh hey Jeeves, what's for dinner? A salmon tartare, sir. And they like, you know, pre- <laughs> present it before this guy, Whip- Whiplash, who might not have even eaten in the past 36 hours. And then they show hammers. And it's just like an ice cream sundae. And he's like, see, I like to have my dessert first. And, he, and he's just eating this crap. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was really, really well done. Um, have, you, that, ha- have you guys oh. seen The Way Way Back? No. No. Mm, a great Sam Rockwell movie. Highly recommended by me. And also a great movie where uh, Steve Carell is in that you hate him by the end of the movie. Oh, I don't Ooh. know how I can feel about this. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting choice because it was at the height of like Steve Carell's prop- popularity as well. But it's uh, they do make you hate him. Streaming on HBO Max. There you go. Yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, Corey is going to watch All Hail the King, the Marvel, uh, the, the, the Marvel one shot, and I'll dive straight into uh, the way way back. Um, real quick too, yeah. I want to jump back to Black Widow. Mm. Uh, getting back into comic stuff, <laughs> she was uh, originally an Iron Man villain. That was like her first appearance. And so it is kind of cool that they they insert her debut into an Iron Man movie. That I mean, was she all. she was kind of a villain in this one too. Like she she kind yeah. of spoiled she she spoiled the party. Tony was having a good time just drinking, <laughs> you know, be, be, being a DJ in his Iron Man suit. And she she spoiled the fun. So what a jerk. Yeah, still what still you... a, still a subtle nod to her villain roots. I want your guys' hot take on. Uh, on the DJ slash party scene. What do you guys think of that? Where Iron Man pees in his suit in front of everybody. I, I really hated that. <laughs> I I do think though, it is a very good portrayal of the juvenile character of Tony Stark. And like, there are a lot of pieces to him that I think this, that scene just really encapsulates. So even though it's infuriating, I, I think it does a good job of being like, yeah, this is an immature child who has this suit and is also a genius, but pees in it. <laughs> uh, so I, like, like I, I, I already mentioned this, that's like one of the only scenes that I remembered from this movie. That, that, <laughs> like that and the fight in Monaco, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I thought like, ugh, you know, I, I don't know why Tony's just such a jerk and such a, dumb dumb in that scene but watching the movie back i realized how close to death he was like mm-hmm. just like like the 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 thing that was keeping him alive was also the thing that was poisoning him and and the thing that allowed him to be a hero was also going to be the thing that kind of caused his hero's death so 
whether he got taken out by whiplash or whether it was the slow um i'm sure agonizing death of uh, I'll, I'll just call it mercury poisoning because i don't know what what element he was using but palladium palladium okay there we go palladium and and and, and whiplash even mentioned it like palladium poisoning <laughs> it's a bad way to go um sorry that that, that was more sokovian but anyhow uh, <laughs> uh i I did appreciate a little more deeply what they were trying to do in this movie with showing kind of what, what would, what would you do if, if you had these super abilities, but also knew that it was only going to be for a finite amount of time. Uh, and, and so I, I thought it was cool to kind of see a slightly more morally bankrupt character, e- even if temporarily like Tony could still keep his heart of gold because he wanted to do the right thing, but he also knew he was going to die. So he was just going to enjoy it. But, you know, uh, of course, Nick Fury comes, pricks his finger one time and it's like, there, you're fixed. Now go be a hero. <laughs> I, I do think it, I say man child, but like he starts as this alcoholic, like they, they do show these like darker points of Tony where he is an alcoholic who has no emotional intelligence and can't handle the, the thought of his death. And then the the emotional arc then of who he ends up in the final like parts of it and who he becomes as a human being. I mean, do a really good job of like redeeming that character. And as annoying as the scene is, I think it does a really good job of showing like how deep he falls and how odd he becomes. I would like someone mm-hmm. or to see like a super cut where they take all of Tony Stark's juvenile moments, like him saying he's going to use the bathroom in a suit and <laughs> DJing up to him telling Scarlett Johansson, asking if she's playing hide the cucumber with uh, the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. And then just take all of those silly moments and then end it with Tony saying, I am Iron Man and sacrificing <laughs> his... <laughs> his life for, for everyone <laughs> and just skipping all of the emotional growth. How did this man become <laughs> this man? The movies don't touch on it at all. And we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Th- those are all my thoughts for Iron Man too. I-, I-, I don't know if there's anything else we want to touch on. I do. I do love the, these early days of Marvel where, the post credit scene is basically just like, this is what the next movie is going to be. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That, that, that's, that is a good, honestly, that's the level of mid credit scene that I still want. Uh, but Marvel has gotten way too tricky with it. Like I, now, now when I leave the theater, I have to Google stuff and be like, okay, what, what does this clawed footprint mean? And it's like, oh my gosh, we might get Craven the Hunter. Um, it, it, you know, no, I just want, sir, I'm here. We found something, and then just Mjolnir, boom, right yeah. there. It's like, <laughs> hey, I, I know that hammer. I think we're we are at the point. We were talking about this before we started recording, where like something like that happens, and then people like do tons of research to make sure that they like are in the know for like, 
oh, that's actually Thor's hammer. And so I think Marvel knows this and they're like, all right, we got to still have the Google ability stuff. Like not everyone knew who Thor was in the Marvel universe at that time. So now we got to get it to more uh, obscure, like, oh no, it's a, a gray piece of hair has fallen. Oh, it's, it's the gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, what's her face. I can't even remember. I, 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 I was, I was trying to make a deep cut and then I know I couldn't think it. of anything either. <laughs> It's Quicksilver. Silk. Yeah, oh, Silk. Nice. yeah, Silk was a better pool, I feel. I, but that, that wasn't even who I was trying. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, All I could think of is Rogue. Uh, that's Ooh, that's good, good too. One. Yeah. When, when, when do I get my X-Men? When do I get my X-Men and my Marvel? That's all That's all I care about. I I, I was going to say, like, when, when, when they bring X-Men into this, mm-hmm. the mid-credit scenes are going to be wild because there are so <laughs> many character they're 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 like it would be like if the mcu just doubled all of a sudden Mm -hmm. i am so excited to get to civil war Mm. yeah i i i thought that we were gonna get uh what was it secret invasion or whatever like i i i thought the scrolls were gonna be bad a lot sooner than they have Mm -hmm. been but yeah they seem to be playing nice right now so Lot, lot, yeah. lot of, lot, lot, lot of things kind of falling into place. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I, I do always like, I, I am curious too of when we get to stuff like end game where there's not as much mm-hmm. comics based on it. And it's just kind of like the Marvel cinematic universe is its own comic book universe at this, this point where I don't know. It's uh it'll be be interesting somehow that connected in my head to what we were just talking about but now i'm my mind is blanking <laughs> well i think there'll still be briefcase moments mm, there's gonna be true. things connecting <laughs> that, that, that's how it got silver sable that's who i was trying to reference <laughs> yes. before silver sable another good pull. all right um anything else uh, otherwise i think we can uh wrap this up and you know gear, gear up for episode four which is going to be thor which we can, planned by the way for thor yeah which i think it, they planned it too yeah <laughs> i i do want to ask davis it's been yeah i've been curious this whole time on your windowsill <laughs> is that jar jar binks yeah <laughs> oh my how did you I know that that that's really good eyesight. Hang on. Well, I can tell that orangey color anywhere, even though the sun <laughs> glare is a. Uh... Yeah, I couldn't tell who that other one was though. So, so so my my wife and I are temporarily in a very small apartment, which means that I don't have very much room for my Star Wars tchotchkes. Uh, so I I, <laughs> I, I I chose this window seal, and she has not complained about it yet. Uh, this this is tech. From, oh yeah from, uh, from 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 bad batch, bad batch yeah. yeah i really like him uh i put him on my desk when i was studying for the bar this summer mm-hmm. and when there were things that were really difficult to understand i would tilt his head oh. to the side and be like <laughs> well, tech is really smart and if he's confused by this then it's okay for me to be confused by this <laughs> and then when i was trying to focus i would 
pull his visor down and be like, all right, it's time to focus. He's locked in. I need to be locked in too. Um, and then I was at, okay. I know, I know I said no free ads, but I love Ollie's bargain outlet so much that I'll just give a free ad. I have had a very up and down relationship with Jar Jar Binks over the years. Uh, but when I saw this available at, at Ollie's for like eight or nine bucks, I was like, all right, I mean, it's time to finally own <laughs> a, 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 a pretty, like, this is a pretty good render uh, for, for a six inch black series Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. That, that looks very high quality just from looking at your, yeah your camera footage of it. I am I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I want to be more of like a black series collector, but they're six inches tall. I only have one window seal to put them in. <laughs> and, and so I try to be very choosy, but I feel like this one, especially because he's got like his plasma shield and everything like, yeah, it, it's, it's cool. And I like how, I don't know. Jar Jar reminds me of all the good and the bad in, in the star Wars franchise. And so uh, I, I, I grabbed him just to, just to smile at sometimes and to be a conversation piece uh, for when my sharp eyed friends are podcasting with me. You should uh, look up and see if they have like a Barbie that's like a queen or like a Ken that's a King <laughs> and see if you can get some like Royal robes for, for Jar Jar and, or like a, a crown or something. If, if, if they make his, like if, if they make a Jar Jar Binks galactic Senate black series character, mm-hmm. uh, it would be completely useless and so stupid, but I might buy it just, <laughs> j- just because they, they'd be, they'd be leaning back into like, Hey, let's just make a bunch of stupid merchandise again. And, you know, like, Hey, who, who wouldn't want this Dexter Jetzer uh, action figure <laughs> from when Obi-Wan Kenobi went to the fifties themed diner. I mean, I would, that, that does speak to me personally. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, man, I would love to just do a whole episode about, star wars uh collectibles but 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 this is not that Uh, so i i think uh with with that we'll uh we'll we'll sign off thank you for listening to episode three of the cinematic comic verse podcast into the cinematic comic verse podcast um and we'll be back soon with episode four which is of course thor uh we'll see you then